0: again um this is episode six it's been a while since we've done a podcast so myself and matt just figured we'd sit down and just see what's been happening of 2017 um our uh, last time we did episode five with uh tommy, tommy yeah from the ifa um that went out
1: i think around christmas so it's been a while what have you been up to matt what have you been doing i then just working away. It's been um, that sort of time of year again where everybody's trying to get back, but everybody's sick as well. That's where there's like a three-month sort of period or cycle of time that everybody just seems to drop. Do you know, there's all these like chest infections, bronchitis, uh, a few more serious things. But so it's been like a, a month of talking about health and how exercise and immune system and sort of those sorts of things all interact, whether or not people take on board I don't know but you sort of do what you can yeah it happens here I think I don't know if it is actually the
0: weather or if people just aren't used to anything other than sun and heat yeah just a medium 24 degrees yeah well, as soon as the rain comes in because it's raining now it's what, it's it's uh, I don't know what day the 12th or 13th of February now so it's been a pouring down rain for the last few days um, but I've, I know that people get sick quite a lot but this week was probably the worst because mm. it wasn't just people getting sick it was people cancelling coming in because uh, cause they couldn't sleep at night because they were up all night coughing so it wasn't like that they were too sick to come in but they just didn't get any rest and then the rest of the gym the classes in the other, that, that the gym were running and the, the CrossFit stuff and absolutely
1: empty nobody anywhere yeah, it does just seem to hit everybody at once, and then anybody who's remotely susceptible, obviously, it then becomes contagious like crazy. But it, yeah, I think that's always the key thing. Like it's, it's the rest, right? Because you're sitting there and you're groggy, and it doesn't matter how many coffees you drink; it never seems to sort of bring you back up. And then you can't sleep, and so then you feel tired, and so then it kind of settles in more because then your immune system's depressed, right? And so then you feel even worse, and it's kind of this vicious cycle. Whereas sometimes just getting up and moving and just getting back into the gym and. Trying to keep your routine as normal as possible is sometimes the best thing for it. Like, just don't don't let it settle. You know, don't give into it. Yeah, I also
0: wonder as well. Like, because January was really good. The people who did come in, they came in around the uh, the kind of the first week, first or second week in January. And usually in most programs that I do, by about the fourth week, I'm ready to have a little downtime, mm. you know, just like, not like a downloading period or anything structured, but just after four weeks of constant training, just a little bit, all right, you know, uh, I don't know if I could do another four or five sessions this week. So I wonder, does that have uh, have an impact that everybody sort of started again and now around five, six weeks ago, made it to the week four, week five point, and then just that compounded by uh, I feel a little bit down because you know the way in Dubai like most people tend to travel Mm. so their training is intermittent by by work reasons not necessarily by uh, not necessarily by weather or by illness so usually they don't get a good run of four to five weeks back to back consistently but it's been like that up until last week and then
1: everybody just vanished yeah, but it's like you're saying with the, the training, like the four-week, you know, like typically in periodization and stuff, you have like three weeks up and then a deload week on the 4th. Whereas people kind of need that with their lives, I think, here. Because it's such a an ambitious kind of hustler, go-getter sort of place that when... I think people go through cycles of they have like a couple of months of just slogging it, being crazy. And then obviously things like Christmas hit or like particularly before Christmas, we have like Eid and then the National Day and all these holidays. And so they they, they kind of go through these big sort of work periods, and then they just drop. And then trying to come back up again, they're almost just too tired. You know, there's like almost too much stress there, or they've kind of come back into it too soon, or the rest hasn't been restful enough. And so it all just kind of comes in together with the training, and then there's, ultimately there's just too much total stress, and the body's just like, nah, yeah. nah, like breakdown time now. Nah. Um, I'm going to force you to sleep or stay in, They're giving you a good dose of flu or something. What kind of uh, you've changed your training lately, haven't you? What kind of training are you doing now? Well, after Christmas, I pretty much decided that I was going to have a complete sort of revamp of everything. So I I did like a a mini Ramadan for January, except I drank water. Like I didn't try and go without water. Did you pray? No, I didn't pray either. It was, it was just a big long month-long fast. So I, I sort of set the challenge of more or less one meal every 24 hours or so, like a big meal. So it would be things like, you know, mainly vegetables and stuff, but there's a peanut butter and crackers and a bit of meat here and there. And then with the training, just because I didn't want to kind of get the aches and pains back, I decided to just completely stop weight training. And so it's all been complete body weight stuff. And to be fair, I've carried that on this month. Like I haven't really changed, but I, I feel great. I've slowly started eating more. But just with that, like the whole mood and everything changed. And it's, more and more research comes out about this sort of stuff with like the, the microbiota and all these sort of things in the, the gut, like the good bacteria. And uh, with people effectively describing it as like a second brain. So 95% of like the serotonin in the body is produced in the gut. So the idea is that if you go through sort of these fasting periods or you sort of clean your diet up and these sorts of things, your mood will will improve as a result as well because now you're just kind of freeing everything up. You're giving the bacteria a chance to breathe to kind of let the serotonin, you know, kind of flow out rather than constantly giving it this kind of crap food that you have to eat. Not even crap food, but just loads of food to eat. Um, You're effectively putting like a reboot on it as such. And that seems to be the way, like three months even... Uh, sorry, three days of just fasting. I think there was one study that said it was like a complete reboot of the immune system as well. So what, three days of zero eating? Yeah, yeah. or they they tend to do like the intermittent fasting. It tends to be like 16-hour fasting, 12-hour fasting, or 18 or 24 hours. But I think, yeah, that particular study was more or less three days of just no eating. But that's a little bit intense. I mean, it's one thing if all you're doing is going into a laboratory every day and then you get to go home and sleep, but you obviously don't want to go too far and then you can't function at work and yeah. get through the days. yeah? Or you're just, you're just snapping at your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think it's one of those things you get used to it. Um, certainly the first couple of days were tough and like you get the hunger pangs, say midway through coaching somebody or trying to concentrate on something and it becomes a little bit of an issue, but if you can just sort of hold on kind of get through it and then your body eventually just kind of settles into it to the point where you just you don't have a particularly strong appetite you know the, the cravings to cheat the cravings to stuff your face just slowly dissipate and then the uh it's almost like the, the process of digestion just becomes a lot more kind of fluid and efficient and you you know you're, you're comfortable when you eat you, you don't get the same feeling of fullness more of like a contentment that's quite nice. And what? So
0: what? At the very beginning, what was the motivation behind behind doing this? What, it, say, what were you trying to achieve?
1: I just drank so much and <laughs> ate so much over Christmas. It was just like I came back and I just felt disgust. How much me. is so much? Go on. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I left the Christmas before Christmas at about eighty-seven kilos. No, uh, eighty-eight maybe, and I came back at about ninety-two. Really? Oh yeah. And that was within about <laughs> a week. Do you know? Like that was. I stuffed my face, just drinking every day, so I just felt disgusting, and I was like, "Right, <laughs> let's just let's just stop eating. Let's just see what it's like to not eat." Um, you just went anorexic. This isn't good advice at all. No, no. I mean, it, it, I ate a lot, so the weight. So I was at ninety-two kilos when I came back, and then I did four weeks fasting, and now I'm about eighty-eight. So what does fasting look like then? So you make the decision that you don't want to
0: continue eating and still drinking and stuffing your face. Mm. Um, you're back at work. What does
1: your day look like? Uh, well, so I'd wake up in the morning. <clears throat> I'd have, probably have a couple of scoops of uh, protein shake, like a, it was like a vegan protein, pea protein sort of thing. And then throughout the day, I'd just be popping BCAA pills and um, a vitamin B12 pill. So that would keep me going. Like, so there's always, it wasn't, I guess, a true fast in that sense. There was still some input like a source of protein uh, to go in. And the sole reason behind that was just so it didn't go too catabolic. So like the research on BCAAs, is uh, the evidence isn't great, but one... Um, so BCAAs are just are little are just protein molecules? Yeah, branched chain amino acids, so uh, leucine, valine, and isoleucine. Very basic forms of protein. Yeah, the leucine is the key one. So the one I took was a uh, ratio of like I think it was, what was it, in BCAAs, like milligrams or something, but it was uh, eight kind of leucine compared to one part uh, of the other two, the isoleucine and the valine. Um, but although like, the, the evidence with BCAAs and, say, trained athletes isn't particularly great, where it does tend to be very productive is if you're um, on a low-protein diet or th- there's been a, a, quite a bit of research when they've used leucine for burn victims. So people who are in hospital and they're seriously messed up. Um, and they're not able to kind of ingest a lot of food they'll they've done studies just like injecting leucine straight into the uh, Into the body and they found that it has a very potent anabolic effect. So it kind of Basically, it starts protein synthesis. So the whole synthesis of creating muscle So I had that throughout the day and then when I would get back in the evening, I would kind of stuff my face so I was doing a bit of a vegetarian kick as well, kind of changing a lot of different things. So it'd be like, you know, a bowl of potatoes, loads of veg, loads of uh, crackers and peanut butter and you these sorts meat? of things. No, no meat really. No, nah. um, And so I didn't lose a lot of weight. I leaned out quite a bit. I think I lost maybe, I must have lost about two or three percent body fat. And my clothes are definitely baggier now. Um, So all in all, I think it was pretty productive. You can always tell these sorts of things by your mood. Like the mood improved vastly, but the reason I stopped it was because towards the end of the month, I started to feel like shit a little bit. Right. Like I started to get a bit sort of, okay, this is, I now just feel tired. And so then I reintroduced the food slowly and now I'm more or less eating the three meals again. So sort of breakfast, lunch and dinner with some supplements in between. But now that feels comfortable. Like, at no point am I starving, at no point am I sort of completely full. It's kind of like a nice rhythm to the day. And I was training the whole time as well. Your body weight stuff? Yeah, so I'm surprised I didn't lose more weight, but I guess that was the the protein and the BCAAs. What
0: way were you training, though? You mean you're doing you're not doing heavy mass building stuff so you're not requiring
1: so much recovery. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was just very sort of light bodyweight exercises I was sort of trying some gymnastics stuff like L-sits and doing loads of pull-ups all the time and things like that. So stuff that would benefit from me being a little bit lighter I figured I'd use that time to Kind of tap into that sort of training really. but you weren't training to lose weight you weren't doing fat burning no no i mean a little bit of cardio like a bit of running and a bit on the uh, the assault bike yeah, saw nothing, you on the treadmill yesterday. yeah nothing more than 20 minutes like 10 to 20 minutes nothing intense 10 to 20 minutes of cardio work yeah just steady state so heart rate between like 140 and 160 beats per minute so then what kind of gymnastic stuff are you doing uh well so there's lots of holds really so I've I've never really tried it before. Like when you see all the CrossFit dudes doing the handstands and yeah. the muscle ups, I've never really even bothered to attempt that sort of stuff. So I was kind of teaching myself how to go about training for it. I mean, I wasn't interested in necessarily learning the traditional technique of like swinging about. And I mean, the, everything I'm always about sort of control. Like a particularly for me, just because if I was to leap into things like handstands, I've always had really bad lower traps. It's always tend to end up getting like some sort of shoulder impingement or whatever else. So, yeah, it's always it's been very, very slow. And I was conscious of the fact that I didn't have, you know, a full muscle belly full of glycogen and things like that just from the fasting. So it was all very light to begin with, like maybe 20 to 30 minute workouts of just different isometric holds and some pull ups some like bodyweight squats and then it slowly progressed up to like an hour and then an hour and a half and to the point where now it's it's almost like two hours of different sort of things so but i feel good like there's been no niggling aches or pains the uh the chiropractor's happy she says i've never been sort of looser or calmer really yeah oh yeah yeah like she's uh she's she's quite into her whole sort of spiritual stuff as well as the physical stuff so she She'll always comment on the physical stuff but then she'll give me a rundown or an evaluation of what my mood's like. What was the latest evaluation? As she said, she, uh, she, was, she was surprised because like when we first started, it was around the time we obviously left our previous employer. Right, yeah. And so I went through a stage of having really, really tight, um, what do you the, the TMJ, was it? The, talo- the mandible. Uh, mandible joint. So basically your jaw muscle or the jaw joint, I should say. I was going through a a bout of that where I was like grinding my teeth at night and she was having to kind of get her thumb and her fingers around my jaw and like it was painful stuff but she couldn't believe it and then that was affecting my scoliosis and my dodgy hip and all these sorts of things so that I wouldn't go as far as to say I was a mess but there was certainly a degree of stress there and then like from that time compared to now um I've not had any sort of back issues or neck pain or anything really and uh the adjustments are coming a lot easier and freer, so. No, no, she was uh, she was happy, and I was happy, so. It's
0: all been productive so far. What do you, th- yeah, do you think it's a combination of everything, or is there one thing, or is it the treatment that she's been doing has been helping, or you're a little bit lighter, or
1: you've stopped just overloading your system? I think just the overload, I think just, there's, there's been no, uh, like, huge input, and then I haven't really had much of a major output in terms of the input, obviously being the diet. like not how much food going in, so things like the digestion's freed up and I guess whenever you're not digesting, the blood can divert to other areas and kind of repair a little bit easier. I don't know if that's the case. I've not read any research on that, but, uh, but then also, yeah, just relaxing all the output, the weight training stuff. So before Christmas, I was going at it quite heavy and uh, lots of volume. So I think it's just a combination of those two things primarily. I mean, I've had I, I see the chiropractor every couple of weeks or at least once a month, so that's always been consistent. But no, I, th- I think it just yeah those two things really, and then the uh, the subsequent improvement in mood from that no doubt, which I think is hugely underrated. Like the whole idea of your psychological and spiritual well being impacting your physical. Yeah, I think that's that's the the gigantic piece of the puzzle that. 99% of uh, people we sort of introduce to the gym and the fitness lifestyle miss out on. So ignore that point almost, have this weird disconnect between their life and how they think about money and family and relationships uh, and then how that interacts with their fitness, you know, because everything is stress at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like people just accept that stress is part of life and it's just... Mm-hmm just get on with it, pain is part of life, I'm getting old, I've got back pain, I've got knee pain. But like, it it doesn't take a lot to just break the cycle, to just make one concerted effort to fix one thing, be patient with it, be focused on it, and then from there, once you break that cycle, it, it changes. It changes the uh, the pathway towards the next stress. You're in a much better position to deal with it. So, yeah, whether it's pain or whether it's it's um, lack of sleep or you don't know how to manage your job, like I don't know, people just people just let things
1: stack up and accept it almost. I mean, well, it's one of the, if if you have a prolonged exposure to anything, eventually you will get used to it to the extent that that becomes normal. Yeah. And people, like, at the moment you're, or at least I should say certainly in the Western world, from the moment you're born, you're pretty much being kind of poked and prodded and pushed in certain directions and analysed in some sort of way, you know, through all the whole education system. You're like, right, you need to do this and do it well so that then you can get onto the next stage. And then, oh, you need to work hard at this so then you can go on to secondary school. And then you need to work hard at secondary school so you can go to uni. And it's always this kind of... Uh, Pushing towards the future, like some future date, some future goal, like, okay, you will be good when this happens, you will be happy when this happens, you'll be successful when this happens. And it's one of those things where all that stress just kind of builds, but you've never had a chance to not experience it. So it becomes normal. And so that kind of hustler's mentality of always kind of striving, always sort of working towards something, that's just ingrained, you know, and then trying to just take a step back, stop and smell the roses. But yeah, you know, lots of people don't get the chance to do that.
0: Yeah, just being yeah. I mean, that starts. Where do you where do you start? So you've you've done all that. You've gone to university. You've gone into a job, and you maybe took the job because you needed a job because now you are suddenly in the real world and you got to pay bills. So like, how do you? Where
1: do you start to break that cycle? Yeah, and it you know it. Some people are fine like that. You know, some people they, they make do or they're just kind of naturally easygoing people where it never really impacts them and they kinda of live their lives and it's fine. But I think for the most part or certainly for a lot of people, they suddenly end up having some sort of realization. Or it breaks them. Yeah. And then they have that realization. Then they hit rock bottom. You know? I get that with people with injuries. They're like, you know,
0: they come in with a they come in with a story where they had a sore back or they had a sore knee when they first moved to Dubai and they used to cycle a lot or they used to run a lot or play football or whatever and now they have an extra 15, 20 kilos to lose their knee pain's even worse they work from 8am mm. till 6pm or sometimes at 7pm depending on what their boss decides to make them do at the last minute of the day and they just, they just don't see any potential for them to be able to get out of it I can't imagine what that kind of stress is like
1: yeah but it's it's that feeling that if I don't do this then suddenly the whole world is going to end or you end up I mean it's that classic um, uh, what film is it on? where he talks about uh, I think it's Fight Club where the Brad Pitt characters talk about all these people buying stuff they don't need or like working so hard to buy a bunch of stuff that they don't need yeah. you know he goes on this whole sort of thing yeah um, but I mean, that's, as you say, like, how do you stop that? That's the entire Western mentality of life. I mean, even the notion that you need to have a living, you know, if you were to go and talk to some sort of tribe in the Amazon or some native Indians and you tell them, like, this is what we do every day. They'll look at you and be like, w- yeah. why? Like, <laughs> what are you doing all this stuff for? You've got a shelter, you've got food, you have water, you know, why? What, you've won. Like, do you know? R- relax. It's
0: just in search of that dopamine isn't it when you just want that dopamine hit from the next source and yeah. different people it manifests itself in different ways some people are adrenaline junkies they're, some people are addicted to activity, some people are addicted to the gym some people are addicted to food some people are addicted to the TV addicted to the internet you know all these other things where, you, like you kind of said you keep going at one level that becomes the
1: norm and then you need to go a level deeper that becomes the norm and then it just keeps kind of getting on top of you yeah there's constant input there's constant kind of instant gratification somebody telling you that you need to have this or buy this or do this yeah I mean that's funny enough I watched that uh, documentary on Netflix what's called Zeitgeist yeah have you seen that one I've seen it there's a few of them yeah, well, this was the original one, I guess, and then they have made some,
0: like, um, the addendums. The Zeke Heist, and, Heist addendum, and then there's the Z. Yeah, there's a Zeke Heist,
1: the, like, the future of the movie or something. Yeah, like, the, the solution-type thing yeah. where he talks about, yeah. But, but it's that idea, right? So they always show those clips from that movie, Network, from back in the 70s, with the guys, like you know that the government's trying to keep you sort of dumb and keep you uh, distracted we're gonna like flash all these lights at you all these different products keep telling you that you need to work to, in order to afford this to be happy to do all this stuff and then the whole while they're obviously kind of building up the debt and all these sorts of things but that's going down the rabbit hole to a certain extent but you do wonder you know <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean as long
0: as you're just breathing I mean as long as you're breathing and you're trying to be happy you just
1: gotta find your find your inner peace don't you yeah. Well, I think for, like, for for us, certainly, at least for me, transitioning to uh, kind of the self-employed slash business owners sort of freed me from the stress to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, the stress somewhat changes, but at least now you can start regulating to a certain degree when you work or when you rest. There's nobody telling you that you have to do anything. so. And that, that's been one of the bigger changes since Christmas as well. So I've started like just doing some sort of work every day, like some sort of coaching every day, trying to scrub out this line between weekend and week. Yeah, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? Because that's completely
0: against... Uh, that's almost contradicting what you said about like uh, getting stuck into routines and trying to live in the moment and trying to relax and just take a minute to step back. Now you're actually working seven days in some shape or form.
1: Uh, well yeah I mean, when I say work I mean like I, I love what we do uh, and it's pretty much always a pleasure and a joy to sort of sit there and coach people I mean at the end of the day when we get to a, a certain stage with clients say like six months in or sometimes even sooner they more or less become your friend so really what it ends up being is you're your spending just your day out. not hanging out I mean there's always that level of focus and professionalism I mean it's never just uh, just a chit chat but you're still having positive interactions and i think that the kind of the interesting thing about the fitness industry is it's it's probably fairly unique in the sense that it's the one job where you're really building a relationship with somebody not in the same way that you would say with a psychiatrist where there's very much a distinct um kind of level of separation where you can't see them outside of it um and you can't obviously get maybe two personal is the wrong word so you do get personal but there's that always that element of separation between the two whereas in our game there's not like there's you're having meaningful interactions with people on a day-to-day basis like you're locked in with somebody for an hour and you're obviously then discussing their health health obviously leads on into things like their stress their lifestyle yeah. so you sort of occupy a unique position in their lives where they're telling you some personal stuff but you're not their friend or you're not one of their close friends so they feel like there's uh this objectivity that they're going to get from you, which is rewarding uh, for us, I think. So when you're having those sorts of positive interactions day in and day out, and uh, I'm lucky enough that all my clients are just fantastic people. At no point has it ever really felt like work. So, But the the problem was, and the reason why I started it, was that there's still this fear there back from when I was a kid of that kind of Sunday blues or like Saturday blues over here, where you you're kind of had this high of the weekend looking forward to it. And then you suddenly get this drop, and there's this, always this cycle. There's a, there's a nice picture of, uh, on Instagram that somebody made this kind of uh, picture to describe it. And there's this guy cycling up the hill to represent the week. And then the big downhill part for the weekend, you know, he's happy and his legs are kicking and he's got a big smile on his face. And then he's then gonna pick his bike back up and walk up the hill for the rest of the week. Do you know? Yeah. So this kind of cycle of the week that I was trying to get out of. So I decided, well, I'll do some sort of work every day, some sort of coaching. I'd make sure I have some downtime every day. And uh, I know I've always liked the idea of that lifestyle. Like I always see sort of writers or creative types where every day is, uh, can be whatever they want it to be. I mean, if you go through a period where you're distressed, you're tired of it all, then have a few days off, but then get back to it when you're motivated to do it. And you know, so the the whole work cycle is dependent on your motivation for work. Yeah. There's
0: an interesting thing though, when you talk about the creative side of, of, uh, of people's daily lives. There's two, there's two very distinct types of schedules that I was reading up on. There's a thing called the maker's schedule and then the manager's schedule. Mm. And the, the manager is somebody who works on an appointment basis, kind of on meeting hour by hour, uh, 15 minutes with this guy, 15 minutes on the phone, 20 minutes there, right? Travel across, get the assistants to do this, set up a meeting at two, meet that person. We've only got half an hour. we got to go across town and go to another meeting and it's bump ba bump. bum, bum. And in that time, it's like... It's like uh, input, output, input, output, processing, make a decision and get on with it. And then there's the maker's schedule, the guy who or the girl who's, who's uh, a writer or a producer or a musician. Mm. And they work on a much longer time span. So they might need two, three, four hours to slowly slide into the flow or into the groove or into the the mindset of what they need to do. And then in that time frame, they'll bang out maybe 15 minutes of really great A work and then they spend the rest of the time fine-tuning it and polishing it or maybe they might spend an hour or so really in the flow, in the zone. But anything that comes in to upset that Mm. throws them out of the cycle and they have to start again. They have to spend their kind of introductory period easing into it and then going again uh, kind of so the appointment basis doesn't suit them. They need yeah. four or five hours. But what I find with our job is we're trying to balance the two. Yeah. So we're very much appointment based, as you can imagine, Jim. At this time, show up, be there, do your thing, and then we, we're stepping back and we're trying to build the company. We're trying to create anything that we're trying to we're trying to produce like from the from the business side of things and it it gets quite hard you really have to sort of plan that and actually factor that in because you you might have two or three hours in the morning and then another couple of hours at lunchtime then a couple of hours in the evening for me i need two three hours even to train i need two hours to train i need half an hour to get into the mindset that I'm about to train then get ready then mess around then get my kit then pick my playlist walk around for a bit do some stretches then get going so these people that like that bang in and out of an hour training session I admire them between clients they can crack out a session but for me it takes much longer to get into that mindset mm. so I mean at the moment that, that, that just really struck me when I read that because we're, that, that's a challenge
1: to try and manage those two schedules yeah, I mean you're always yeah, you're always beholden to the client and obviously whenever their time suits. But I think with the other stuff, <clears throat> I've really tried to just let my sort of motivation dictate when I go through periods of work or rest. So for instance, yesterday I just worked all day. Like I was up early, had a few clients and then I was just on the laptop more or less until kind of the evening time with the more clients and stuff. Whereas today you know, we're doing this, and it's been a little bit more chilled out and yeah. stuff. And you know, but that just makes it so much easier to manage it because I think, particularly when you are self-employed, there's always that almost like a guilt where you're not working, and it's like, ah, oh, I could be doing this or I could be doing that. Where yeah. you just need to stop sometimes. And normally, if I try and force that situation, I think, no, 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 I need to do two hours of work every day. Usually, when I'm not motivated, those two hours of work just isn't effective. Like I'm either going to have to redo whatever I've done or say the, the sales calls, the leads I've chased up will probably not come through. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause you're, just, you're not there, you're not sort of present and really into what you're selling. And I, I've always kind of admired that and liked that lifestyle. I, I used to have a gym manager I used to do it. She was, uh, she managed to plan her month so that she would work every single day for three weeks. And like, I'm talking like 12 hour days each one, but then she'll take the whole week off at the end of the month so she would effectively have 12 weeks holiday but then she would she would work every weekend every sort of bank holiday whatever else so I, I i like that whole idea of as long as there's a choice as long as you can choose you know the is problem what? is when you have some boss and you gotta you know yeah. you gotta be in at nine you gotta leave at five yeah. irrespective of how you're feeling or what your mindset's like or whatever else I, i've always found that and that's that's changing as well i think there's lots of companies now that are jumping on the remote working bandwagon and you know offering a a bit more space yeah but they're the ones they're
0: the big ones that you might hear about there's loads of small companies that are still just taking advantage of their staff members just Mm. like especially here in this kind of place where there's so many different cultures and people just just cutthroat each other like people just don't understand uh other people's mindsets. Do you know, there's such a clash. You've got, one, you've got a boss from one part of the world and a staff member from another part of the world and they just can't
1: understand why they think so differently. Yeah, I remember once actually I was uh, teaching a course in Birmingham last year uh, with the work I do for Cybex, which for those of you who don't know, they, are, uh, they sort of design uh, gym machines, like, you know, companies like Life Fitness and all these. Uh, and I was teaching this course in Birmingham and there was two sales guys. One was from Spain and the other one was from uh, Sweden and so the Spanish dude was there getting into a chat about how they sort of sell and how they run their day and stuff and the Spanish guy was like yeah well we, we sort of rock up to the office about sort of 10am we'll do a little bit of work for an hour then we'll go out for coffee at 11 siesta at sort of 12 to 2 and then we'll kind of drift back into the office at sort of 3 or 4 and then uh, do a bit of work go out for dinner a few drinks and then maybe come back at 10pm and work for an hour and then go to bed and the Swedish guy was like what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds know, crazy to me he's, he's in the office at like 6am he's like, I won't leave until uh, or even think about eating until sort of mid-afternoon Do you know this sort of real machine-like process towards his work so you know trying to uh, yeah trying to reconcile those different sort of views is uh, those, a challenge those guys are working within a culture where they're all
0: doing the same thing
1: yeah yeah over
0: here you have people a complete mess who are just yeah who are just in charge of each other and just dictating to each other what they should do, and yeah, that's the beauty of us doing what we're what, what we're doing now. We we can pick and choose. We've only got ourselves uh, to hold each other accountable, really.
1: Mm. But I think that that is kind of the. Uh the underpinning factor where most people stress is a lack of choice, like this kind of element that they have to do something, they have to have that, they, they have to go out and work, so they have to have these things, do you know? It's also a bit of fear, they're, they're afraid that, uh, like you said earlier, they're afraid that if they
0: don't do something or if they do do something, the wheels are gonna come off and everything's gonna fall apart. Mm. Um, in our situation, the opposite happened first the wheels came off and things fell apart and then yeah. we had to sink or swim um, and I, I always think back I don't think I wonder what I have made the uh, the decision to just go and set up my own thing by myself I think we got very fortunate so we're sort of speaking from a position of uh, privilege is that the right word
1: or like uh, well no I mean pure luck really it just so happened that we all left at the same time and it just so happened that we all wanted to do the same thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was, and so we sort of came together. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's life, right? I mean, a lot of, most of us, well, pretty much all of it's just luck, you know, that just so happened to have been in this position at this time with these sorts of sets of skills or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I wouldn't go back, do you know? I'm not sure I could go back to being employed given the freedom that we have now to sort of tinker with things and, you know, run our own lives and schedules. I couldn't imagine having to go back and do a ninety-five job anymore. Yeah I don't know what that was like. I did that once I did an 8-to-5
0: and I actually really liked it because it actually allowed me to have such a good routine. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I found about it was it was when I was I was working in the English countryside so there was nothing around me where I was living except work and then I would travel to London for weekends. But that was actually uh, and this might tie in with what you are saying about fasting earlier in a weird circle but i uh we train we work eight to five every day and work was pretty lax and we had done me, me and the other guys worked, had done such a good job that our boss was pretty much not on our backs and uh and then i would train every day five o'clock till half six ish somewhere in that window go home make a huge meal of like roast chicken whatever veg the whole lot pretty healthy the takeaways in the small little village that we're at were really bad so we never ever got any sort of delivery not like over here where you can get delicious food just yeah. to your door in 20 minutes but um yeah and then sleepy, go to sleep nothing to do tv whatever go to sleep around half nine ten half ten wake up the next day solid eight hours nine hours sleep sometimes back to work same again um i my training went up hugely based around that routine mm. based around waking up at the same time eating at the same time taking a break at the same time training at the same time going to sleep at the same time i got my body weight up to 100 kilos which is from what you usually around 89 to 91 in the space of i actually got it up i got it up twice first time was through eating pasta and ravioli so i was a bit of a i think everybody's been through that sort of I was a bit toby that was when i didn't know too much about um diet and stuff i thought i knew and then i got the weight up and then i realized oh this isn't good weight this is bad weight <laughs> so, so heavy yeah i actually then started getting into reading a lot of books on uh, on paleo when paleo was sort of just coming coming through the uh it was probably a little bit after it went crazy in the CrossFit world. Then I started getting into because I opposed it actually at the beginning when the CrossFit community kept going on about paleo and paleo and paleo. I was mm. like, forget it. What is that? Eating lettuce, eating this. What are you doing? Eating rabbit food. No, you need proper food. And then my housemate gave me a... He was reading a book on it. And I borrowed this Kindle on a Friday, read it, pretty much... Uh, became obsessed with reading it the whole Saturday I couldn't put it down and decided right I'm going to start this woke up for work on the Monday and I was wide awake like alert ready to go and that never happens to me I, it usually takes me two hours to wake up in the morning like I'm not a morning person Yeah. so I was like "Whoa, okay this works so from there slimmed down a little bit, put more weight back on got back up to a pretty lean 100 kilos which was like a life target of mine which I was really happy with and then Decided, right, I've got this. Nutrition, I'm all over it. Let's do intermittent fasting. And then just Died. just <laughs> got it all wrong. Just didn't eat from whatever time to whatever time. Skip breakfast, did something, just wasted away. Back down to about 94 kilos, I'd say, in about eight weeks, maybe, or maybe less. But it was mm. terrible. I got it so wrong. I was so disappointed. And I've never got back up over 94 kilos since. Yeah. But it's all around that routine you know it was all about like i I would clock in not really clock in but i'd be there at eight and i was gone at five um it was an it was an appointment based job so there was nobody really hanging around after five o'clock i was gone the the diaries were closed
1: i was out the door yeah it certainly has its benefits in that like you can very much regulate your life but the thing that always just enjoyed that for me was the fact that I'd sit there on the, the Saturday or the, well, the Sunday now in the UK. It'd um, be like, what am I going to do this week? All right, the exact same thing that I've done the other, you know, however many weeks beforehand, you know. I, although routine can be useful, I need just that feeling of choice. Like, that's just, that's, that's what I've discovered in this, you know, doing what we're doing with this business. Like, choice is such a huge thing for me in order to be happy. Yeah, but how many people are living for the weekends? Like just counting yeah. down the days? Well, that's why I started working. You know, I wanted to get away from that. It's like every day is just going to be a pleasure in some form. You know, I love its different sort of pleasures, and they, obviously I'm not going to go out and get wasted on Tuesday night. But Just picture you walking around skipping with a
0: smile on your face going, Life is such a pleasure. Now. <laughs> I'm working on a Friday. Woohoo.
1: Yeah, but that just gets me up and out of bed. Like it's, you know, so it's the one, uh, the one hour class plus breakfast. So that was uh, So yeah So I'll explain that a bit So I've started doing this uh, Dubai fitness and business networking club group thing on meetup.com So every Friday we we'll literally go in We'll do a class Brandy people completely free Just come down uh, And then we'll go out for, for breakfast Tom and Serge and just have a chat But it was, it was the idea of like I'm probably going to end up spending like Minimum 350 dirhams on a brunch or something you know, uh, maybe not so much now because obviously the girlfriend's left, and uh, a few of my buddies work on Friday you spent twice that money. Right? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, twice that easily. So let's just stop. Let's just get out of bed. Let's use the money I would have spent on that. Hire out the room and just meet some people and have some nice sober conversation. Um, so in that sense, I mean, that doesn't feel like work. That's just pleasant. Do you know what I mean? But you know, it can kind of segue into the business. You know, you meet different people and potential clients and all these sorts of things. But it's uh, it's a productive, pleasant sort of work. Yeah, it's play. It's not big work at all.
0: There's definitely a difference. Like I, I do the the training room on a Friday, and then I've got a couple of clients between whatever ten and midday after the class. And there's definitely a different feeling waking up. You know, it's a Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the weekend, and everybody's happier as well. Yeah, people are in a much better mood. But um, I still
1: enjoy Saturday doing absolutely nothing. I'm looking forward to a lion. Do you know, like so every morning so far, I've, I've woken up at six or seven. Uh, and I go away to Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks. Like I'm looking forward to that, just complete shutdown. But you know, intermittently, not necessarily every week. I think I can, I can push through, and I can do sort of uh, two or three weeks, and then just have like a big sort of uh, take a week time off. off, or it's just a couple of days, and then I'll take maybe the Friday and the Saturday. But I'll I'll allow you know how I feel to dictate that. If I just get to the end of the week and I'm like, man, I just the second I feel like I really have to do this or I really don't want to do it anymore then I'll just kind of take the time off. And I think that that's probably going to be a a better way of regulating everything, really. So what advice do you have for people who are the polar opposite to that?
0: (laughs) 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 Who are being forced to travel to Saudi Arabia where there's no food, there's no good gyms, they have to go and stay in 14-hour-long meetings? Uh, I would say change jobs
1: they can't because the kids yeah can't because the kids I mean it's uh to a certain extent I suppose if you're really stuck with that and that there is just no other way like that you've you've seen that's just not going to be feasible then to a certain extent there is just a, a making peace with it so instead of sort of bitching and moaning and complaining about it just be like okay you know look for the positive almost. I mean that's very sort of new agey but a positive sort of mental attitude PMA whatever they call it uh, but then take the time when you do get that rest time to actually rest, like put the phone away um, or, or go through uh, try some different kind of recovery techniques and things. So things like the uh, the isolation tanks and stuff that you get up in Emirates Towers, was it the, the Sky Tower or whatever it's called? where basically, you're just you're complete sensory deprivation. You're in a tank full of salt water. The, the water's kind of set to your body temperature you can't hear anything you can't see anything you can't feel anything because obviously you're just floating on this uh, body temperature water and so it's a complete switch off do you know Um, or whatever it is that you enjoy doing like the hobbies and things Yeah, I mean this is all with a very healthy direction I I mean I've had some friends where they will just go nuts on drink and everything else and that's their way of of regulating I mean that's but there you go for that one just stop drinking find another, hot
0: book the cinema at the start of the week so you don't have anything like... Because this is what I... I wanted to stop drinking a long time ago and I've successfully done it. But it's more from just... Uh, you just have to plan other things. Mm. The drinking thing, I think uh, people grow out of that and people move on from that eventually. Um, that's If, if that's your, your biggest vice, then I think that's relatively easy just to... Uh, to stop is those people who like are stuck in the family world with the kids, the young kids, they're not sleeping at night. Um, they're up early, they're, they're at the mercy of their boss or their their flight patterns around the world. Mm. They're the ones who really have, I think those guys and girls need to find a way where they, they can change what they can control for the better. So if you can control your diet, Absolutely, keep it spot on. Keep it clean. Keep it healthy. The times where you're traveling to some place that doesn't have healthy food, or you're stuck in the airport. Then you've got the license to to indulge. But the time you have got control, you you know you need to make a really big effort. Um, the times, where if you can, if you're away from the kids when you're traveling, get some sleep. Get to the gym. Try not go to the the boardroom meeting and then the dinner and then the mm. the bar till two a.m. But that's easier said yeah it's all it's all ideal advice isn't it you don't really know every situation is very different yeah
1: it's obviously easy for us to say that when we got
0: no no kids yeah that probably all changed, Christ so anything in the future then Matt anything coming up
1: Um, what's happening for your February and March Uh, well hopefully a couple of courses that I need to teach Um, that's something that I'd like to increase really so we've started trying to plan some stuff for here where we're not necessarily taking the course but kind of organizing for other people. But it'd be nice to jump in on a few as well. Like, teaching's pleasant. I enjoy teaching. I'd like to do more of that, to be honest. Um, but other than that, no, we'll be plugging away, just trying to get more, uh, more clients in. Maybe try uh, sort of a few new classes in uh, our new little gym location. Well, hopefully new little gym location, our strength. Yeah. Um, that would be good. Just have some exclusive space where we can really start playing around with the training environment and just kind of yeah messing around with that with a completely free (laughs) so again it's all about choice right there's nothing worse with big public gyms and it's packed and so you're suddenly limited to one bar and a couple of plates and yeah yeah, I think
0: there's there's, there's mixed uh, feelings on that I totally agree when you're trying to deliver the service we want to deliver we do need control Um, but there's there is a lot of positives to be said for kind of the, some of those gyms. Good atmosphere. There is people there who want to work
1: hard. A mm. oh, great crowd for the most part. But uh, the problem is, not I will say names, but there's the, the certain settings that, that we train clients in. Yeah, that is very sort of dark, and it's 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 almost kind of dungeon esque, which suits some people, but not others or you'll come in and there'll be no music on and you'll feel like you can't really put your music on or whatever else it yeah. be it will be cool eventually when we when we do make the switch to start playing around with okay we're going to play this music during the warm-up and maybe we'll, we'll yeah yeah to kind of group games and things and and then with we'll, you know you start regulating the whole process a bit more like um you know play around with the volume during different parts of the training like when they're going in for heavy lifts or whatever else and then dull it back down and even how you set up the gym and like the posters and things that you yeah, put that's and that sort for, of stuff
0: so actual, the actual feeling of the gym yeah whenever that day comes it's not happening anytime soon for, for, for the people who I'm involved with. we're going to stay put um, for the for the foreseeable future until we see how everything else goes mm. so my march giant what are we now February, my February march is looking pretty similar to what we're doing now um just trying to bed down and just keep keep the momentum going. With, with everybody that, that's been doing really well, just trying to get get the training room back up and running. That's been that's been going quite well. A little bit quiet, like because everyone's been away for the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, the uh, Ramadan's the next big holiday, right? Oh well, Easter, I suppose. It's the Easter break or mid half term there. Yeah. That never seems to be too bad though. Like people don't seem to go away as much for that. There's quite a few people away now for half term, but I swear Easter is a little bit more chill. Whereas it was last year. For me anyway but we'll see
0: yeah alright well, we'll, we'll wrap it up there um, we've got a few uh, hopeful guests coming on we want to get uh, Rowan in soon um, he's just joined us uh, he's going to talk about the work he's doing at the schools and kind of give us a bit of background about him and then we've got a few more guests uh, planned in the pipeline but we won't we'll announce them when we get a little bit more confirmation and there's a lot of talk a lot of people are interested but it's just about clearing up the right time so we'll hopefully be a bit more frequent with these for anybody who's uh, who cares to listen to us talk. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you later.